1: Welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the preview show from us here at Heart and Hand. My name is David Edgar and I am your host as we look ahead for the first time this season because we've had a game every Thursday apart from this one. Uh, the first time this season we'll look ahead to a fixture as we have one of those oh so rare and oh so wonderful Saturday 3pm kickoffs as Livingston travel to Ibrox. Joining me to discuss the match is my good friend James Forrest. Hello James.
0: Hello, David. Nice to speak to you. And I never thought I'd be this excited for a game against Livingston.
1: Yeah, International Week um, increasingly becoming more and more of a jail sentence for fans who aren't particularly keen on international football. Which I think we've we've seen a lot of um, over the last few years among the Rangers support. But one of the things, James, that that I've noticed this week, as people have been talking, it's not unique to Rangers fans that uh, this if you like disinterest in the national team it does appear to almost be regionalized in a way or perhaps due to, to maybe people's perception of themselves politically and whatnot but there are less and less people who are following international football in Scotland and I don't think it can exclusively be put at the, at the feet of Rangers supporters.
0: No, I don't think it can. Um, you look at the attendance for the game against Belgium. You would think that that of any of the games in Scotland's qualifying group, that would be the sellout. And there were loads of empty seats. Um, that, that you could see. You know, if it wasn't, if the camera wasn't kind of in the prime position, you saw at the sides and whatnot. It looked almost empty in parts. So there is, I think, uh, an overall. malaise to the idea of international football in this country and as you rightly say not just here you look on twitter accounts for example the Roma one you know they they put out something saying along the lines of oh we can't wait for so bold exactly and uh, I saw one from Borussia Dortmund today where it was like I don't know if you've seen this video the two wee boys running toward each other giving each other a hug football fans and club football like, above their heads. So uh, that is a general feeling. But the problem is that's not that's not the case for countries like Kosovo, for example. And they'd be a very good example because they live for watching their national team. And, of course, they have a reason for. Uh, I think it's, you know, there are some countries where club football is just so much bigger and they tend to be the bigger countries so, you know, they're going to care much more about the club than they will about the country, and I think that is the case in Scotland too.
1: Yeah, I had a friend who said to me that, um, I wonder if you get the same thing in, in England as you do about the national team, and I said, well, you, you do tend to with bigger clubs, I mean, there are, very, you know, Liverpool fans have always had a strange relationship with the England national team. Manchester United fans, most certainly, do Republic of Mancunia and all that sort of stuff. So uh, it's not unique. And in a country like ours, which is dominated by two big clubs, then that that probably makes sense. And that's before you kick in um, various political things and whatnot over the last few years. But we're not here to talk about that. Um, uh, we're here to talk about Rangers and talk about our fixture at the weekend. With Livingston, Rangers had had an almost perfect start to the season uh, going into the 1st September weekend, but of course that was brought to a rather druddering halt by a very disappointing home 2-0 defeat to Celtic in the old Firm match. Um, We covered that uh, in our our post-match pod, uh, uh, which is available on iTunes, anywhere you you get your pod. But, James, it, it gives Rangers absolutely no wiggle room we've got to be winning our home matches if we have to have any chance of winning this title livingston come to ibrox not very fancied but we'll be in pretty good spirits themselves after making a, a a decent start to the season
0: to be honest we should be winning every single home game uh anyway so you know the fact that the fact that we lost our, our last our last game there was a huge disappointment in that respect uh, there's a chance for a few players to right some wrongs with that and you would also possibly say the coaching staff because some of the decisions they made, I think, were wrong. So um, there's there's a reaction to be seen there and I think it's a good opportunity against... I, I'd, I'd love to side who continue to surprise me. You know, I, I always think that they're going to be you know, part of that bottom four in the league, but they had a decent start. I think Gary Holt has certainly worked out what works for the group of players that he has and is absolutely going to utilise that. But we absolutely have the quality of player to be able to overcome that, so nothing less than three points will be acceptable in any way whatsoever.
1: Rangers fans, uh, of course, boosted by the return of Ryan Kent, Um, deadline day Stephen Gerrard said that he would wait until the last minute of the last day before giving up hope of getting Ryan Kent and uh, he damn near needed to Ryan Kent arriving and being announced at midnight on the Monday slash Tuesday I suppose technically um, as the window shut Uh, it's a big investment for us James it's an awful lot of money but he's a player I think if you watched him last season and his scope for improvement over the next few seasons, it's very difficult not to get very excited about.
0: I'm still, I'm still grinning from that night uh, for many reasons. In fact, you know, it was it was a wonderful evening, kind of the build up, and listen, I'm sure that that deal was done at like nine or something like that, and they were just wanting to wait till midnight just to. Just have a bit of fun, it felt like that, but um it's huge, it's massive, it's the second highest transfer fee that we've ever paid for a player, and you know it will I think it will prove to be worth it both on the field and in terms of a future selling value because when you take into account the English tax that you get on all transfers for an English player and you know the likelihood is that he would go back to England you know we will we will make a very good profit on him if he continues to develop the way that we saw him develop even in the in the season that we had with him last year so it's it's bold and i think if you look at our whole transfer window in a wider context i think we've been incredibly bold and i don't think in any way you can suggest that the board have not backed the coaching staff this term, uh, far from it in fact, you know, when was the last time we spent about £11.5 million at least on, on players coming in and taking into account we've kept our two absolute key players and Alfredo Morales and James Tavernier as well um, yeah. with an excellent window I think
1: Yeah, uh, we'll come to that but one of the things that had been mentioned by Rangers fans. I think the majority opinion was just delighted to have kept back, understandably, he's a very good player. We liked him. And let's face it, he desperately wanted to come to us. And that's always nice. You, you, know, you want a player who's keen to, to join you, especially a player who has options, uh, as he had. But there have been some concerns raised by Rangers fans. Was this the best use of that money? Um, could Rangers have perhaps strengthened across a number of positions rather than putting all their eggs in in one basket I would maybe tend to agree with you that look he is quality and not only that is he's going to get better he's at the right age, he will have resale value it might not prove that way, every transfer is a gamble but it is a legitimate shout I suppose to say well maybe we could have got a couple of players is that fair or should it just be the case look the manager wanted him and that's the end of it
0: I think we've kind of done that as well, though. I think we have strengthened in many positions. You look at centre-back, for example, we brought in Edmondson, who I think will be a good long-term investment and a Swedish international defender in Philip Hellander. Um, our midfield looks a lot stronger than what it did last term. I think Joe Arribo has been an excellent acquisition. You know, we've brought in players in, in the wide areas as well, which just gives us a Plethora of options um, in terms of attacking midfielders, so I, I, I think we've been, you know, we've, we've done what we've needed to do across the board. I, I believe in terms of those positions, uh, so I think the money's there. The money was there, obviously, from us qualifying for the Europa League. Yeah, I think I,
1: that was a factor, definitely. I, I
0: don't think Ryan Kent comes to Rangers on a permanent deal had we not qualified. I agree with that. Uh, so, you know, so another way of looking at it is almost saying, because you think you know that's ten million that we get from being in the group stages of Europa League. So you're almost saying, well, how would you feel about it's three million or two and a half million? But you're getting Ryan ten. I think that's still you're, you're still ending up better in the deal. I think so. I no, nah, I I don't think it would be fair for us to say you know what might it might have been better suited looking elsewhere in the field? Because I think in a sense we've done that and also just the impact the signing is going to make on opposition teams is huge.
1: Yeah, I've got to be honest, I wanted them and I do understand those concerns that people put forward and they are very logical and I get them, um, but I'm maybe letting my heart rule my head here because he's a player I just loved watching and I do think he's going to get better. That's the thing. Um, I, I know people have said, well, look at his stats last season and there were games, you know, he was quiet. And then all of that is true. And listen, there'll be games he will be quiet in this season. You know, Just because we've spent this amount of money doesn't mean that he's he's going to turn into Lionel Messi. But he's not, you know, we, we tend to think that players are fixed and it works both ways. It, we'll sign an older player and assume he's, what he was five years ago Players change throughout their career And I think Kent is going to get better I think he's going to improve year on year Especially now he's settled And he feels settled And he's at the club he wants to be at uh, He strikes me as as the kind of young man who he's, he's obviously a very intelligent guy um, I think that comes across And he strikes me as a type of guy that needs to feel Happy and secure personally Before he can display his best And I think we'll, we'll get all that out of him James, you mentioned there uh, what may well be two largely overlooked but hugely significant factors in the window, and that is that James Tavernier and Alfredo Morelos have remained at the club. Um, both have uh, been such pivotal players for us this season. Uh, I don't think Tav's quite got up to. He's form of last season yet but even at that there's still plenty of of, you could point to assists already this season and game-changing moments he's had but Morelos has been on fire and having him for an extra season more than we probably anticipated especially as he is certainly so far showing no signs of a huff or anything like that but not getting a move he's, he's been terrific this is this is massive for us to get quality in on an existing quality as opposed to having to maybe lose some to bring them in?
0: I was you know, certain that Morellus was going to get sold because it felt very early on that there was going to be plenty of suitors either in England or on the continent who would see a, a young talented striker who has still got plenty of improving to do. And, you know, they would take punt on that, and I thought we'd get in around about sort of 15 to 18 million pounds for him, and that would be money that we could use to bring in someone like Ryan Kent. Um, I never thought in my wildest dreams that we would have, you know, a straight force of Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos, and they would be our guys. Um, that never crossed my mind. I was also concerned that had he not left, there would have been this, you know, thing of him being upset that he's not got his big move but it's fair to say there's been no huff from no, him. No. you know it's been it's been very professional from him so far and he's he's been vital to us you know he scores the goal that gets us into the Europa League so he's been, he's been absolutely crucial it's, it's brilliant and having Tav there as well and i think a lot of people thought when daniel kounde left for example you know is is tav in here going to be as effective, because there was always this feeling that we don't get as good a James Tavernier without Daniel Kondes in front of him. I think he's been okay so far, and I actually think that Scott Arfield will more often than not be the player that will be in front of him, and those two, along with Ryan Jack, will make a very, very solid right-hand side in the main. So, no, I'm delighted that that they both stayed, and you think of the goals that they will contribute to and either goals or assists or penalties, um, that will be very, very high. But they you know they need help across the board as well. And I think that we've got the players that can do that.
1: A lot of positives going into the to the match, but also, um we have to be honest and say negatives a very flat old firm performance. Rangers were were poor, desperately poor in this match. Um Celtic came with uh, a game plan that I think was much different to what we expected. They sat in deep they denied us room. They they pressed as a team on occasion. They changed the way they play to to combat us, and it worked. And Rangers had no answer. I think we made our own mistakes that day. I, I didn't like the shape. Um, I didn't like the team. It's it's not me being. I'm so clever. Um, it's not me going. I told you so. Because every Rangers fan I spoke to going into that ground said the same thing when they saw the team of. Mm, that's not going to work. And I think the manager has to has to take that criticism because I think it's 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 uh, very much fair. But this is uh, a match where now players have had a couple of weeks to recharge because we did a lot of games and that is a fair thing to say. The the emotions of the Thursday night etc. But they've had extra couple of weeks to work. And this does strike me, James, as an opportunity to maybe have a look at some of the players that we haven't had a look at. Now, I'm not in any way advocating a sort of East 5 team where we, you know, we turn up and make 8, nine, ten changes. I'm not talking about that. Um, but with all due respect to Livingston, at home, we certainly should be capable of bringing in a few players to freshen the side up. Um, I'll be interested to see if Ryan Kent starts, obviously he hadn't been playing regularly Um, I think it would give the fans a boost, I'd be tempted to just put him in from the start um, And maybe say to him, we'll give you an hour today, But, but start him But the manager, who does tend to be a bit more cautious and things like this It wouldn't surprise me if he was on the bench However, I would like to have a look at a couple of players in particular One is Philip Hellander and the other is Andy King
0: They were two of the three that I was going to mention for this game, actually. Um, I think this is the kind of game where you don't need to have Stephen Davis, Ryan Jack, Glenn Kamara all playing. I think you can have Stephen Davis, I'd have Joe Arabo back in his more natural central midfield position, and I would have Andy King alongside him uh, as part of that midfield because surely we should be able to have two attacking midfielders in there and you know, still be able to cope with what Livingston are going to uh, give us. Um, it would be interesting to see what kind of play we are getting because I think that you know limited appearances off the bench don't really give you an indication of is King going to be like Arabo as a, as a kind of attacking midfielder number 10 or is he going to be closer to Ryan Jack? We don't know yet. Um, I think that would be a good opportunity to do that. Central defence, there's been talk, and there's been talk on the Patreon website, um, about the idea of Katich and Helander playing together being one that might not necessarily work because they're two quite similar defenders, and you maybe need to have a bit of variety in that respect, and I can absolutely see where, where people are coming from with that. I think... Katic will be of more use to us on Thursday against Feyenoord so I would be tempted to give him a place on the bench for this game and allow Helander to start I don't think I don't think Katic would be too upset about missing out on Livingston for the sake of being ready for Feyenoord for example so I think there's there's a bit of management to be done there I also wonder whether this would be the kind of game and I agree by the way I would I would see Ryan Kent start and I think give him the hour. and I it makes sense. I wonder whether Brandon Barker starting might be something we could do as well. Just
1: uh, he's still coming back from injury though, so I think he's
0: still a issue there. Ah, yeah. There
1: still, I don't think he's had uh, he's had significant game time. So I, I, under normal circumstances, I think you'd be right. Um, it may be a game for someone like Greg Stewart who certainly hasn't had many minutes, um, but has you know obviously. He, you would think these are the type of games he's been signed for to let you rest players um, especially with, as you say, final coming up midweek that we do have a big squad of guys like Stuart, Doherty etc and it could be a time to look at them the players have been away on in international duty, Borna Barisic, um, he played for Croatia when he was away, Stephen Davis you mentioned um, with Northern Ireland Joe Aribo got his first international goal on his debut for Nigeria he's been away, but uh, of those players, I'd be tempted to try and use, if you like, the the boost that Arebo. I'd maybe rest Davis because, you know, he's, he's an older player and uh, it, you have to be careful with him. And, and again, we'll need him for the match against Feyenoord. But I would be tempted to just almost use the, the good feeling that Barisic and Arebo have, have generated and, and the fact that he did play for the nations and... and it must have been good for their confidence. If they arrive back and there's no wear and tear or whatever, I think I'd be tempted to go with both of them. Um,
0: yes, actually, I would I would be. I'd be hopeful that Barisic would start as well for for that reason. Um, and Arabo's been getting a lot of praise for his um for his Nigeria debut, getting the goal and the overall performance. Incidentally, congratulations to Stephen Davis for uh equaling. You know, the Caps record for Northern Ireland for an outfield player. I've no doubt he will break the overall record because I think it's only like six I or think, seven
1: Yeah, I, I, he did break the... He took it from Aaron Hughes, um, the outfield player, but he's, he's still got Pat Jennings to overcome.
0: Um, oh, I should also say Glenn Kamara got some good applauded uh, for his Finland he did, Yes,
1: um, he got robbed by Bobby Madden, for those of you who may not um, follow that. He was playing for Finland against Italy. And Italy were uh, handed the three points with a dodgy penalty awarded by Bobby Madden. So uh, not a feeling I think there'll be that unusual to Glenn Kamara.
0: He must be thinking, God, even at international level, I just can't escape these guys. It's ridiculous. Um, but he, that, that's, he's an interesting case because he's been playing in a slightly different role to what we're used to. If we we imagine Glenn Kamara, we think of him as someone who can play as a holding midfielder or as a more physical presence in that midfield three, whereas with Finland, he plays slightly further up. So that might be an option as well. If you're not going to play Andy King from the start, then you maybe let Glenn Kamara push on a wee bit and see what you can do there. Um, I think... I think what we're going to start to see, particularly with European games upcoming, is we are going to see a bit more squad rotation because we've got the squad to handle that. We've got you know, enough players and enough good players for these kind of games that you know, we should be doing that. I, I, I would be disappointed if we played the exact same team against Livingston and Feyenoord. That would just be a total waste of the squad that we have at our disposal.
1: If that happens, James, I think that that is an indicator that the manager doesn't trust some of the players that he's brought in, because you're correct. if we, When we sign these players in the summer, then we know that we've signed certain players and they're going to play, Arebo, uh, Ryan Kent, etc. We get that. But the the reason the Stuarts and Kings and whatnot were brought in were to, surely, for these matches, uh, you know, because we, you're not going to, put them in when we're going to play at Parkhead or at Pataudry, um and you're not going to play them against Feyenoord. So surely it's for, with all, again, with all due respect, Livingston, who are a good team and continue to punch above their weight. But these are the kind of games that your squad player should be capable of coming in and making an impact in.
0: I think there is a handful of players, and you mentioned a couple of guys like Greg Doherty, um, guys like Greg Stewart, even, even though he's just arrived. If they don't feature in these kind of games, I think their future at Ibrox is very bleak.
1: No, I would agree with that. So, James, can I have a prediction from you for the match on Saturday?
0: So, I think it will probably start off a little bit stuffy because of the way in play, but I think one goal opens the floodgates, so I'm going to go for a comfortable 3-0 win for the Famous.
1: Yeah, well, that's the money, the, sorry, that's the bet to get your money on, folks, because that's what I've got in my head as well. So I'll go for 3-0 to the famous on Saturday as well. Very much looking forward to a Saturday 3pm kickoff. It almost feels quaint at this stage. If you want to hear more from us, we will, of course, be back on Monday. Um, just wherever you got this podcast is where you will be able to get that. We'll have a full review of the game and a look ahead to the Fine match next week. Um, but if you cannot wait that long, then please come and join our community on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where you will get round about five hours content every single day. You don't have to listen to all of it, it's like a staunch Netflix. You can pick and choose everything from daily news roundups to look backs to in depth previews to in-depth analysis, tactical analysis of the matches, we've got it all so please come from just £1.99 per month, you will get content that will see you through your working week, so it's a good place to come over 4,000 people there as we speak and it's growing every single day. My thanks then to our executive producers in London, Mr. Mightley and Paul Myers and to my guest Mr. James Forrest.
0: Thank you David, it's great to have the Rangers back once again.
1: It certainly is. Thanks, folks. We'll talk to you on Monday. Take care. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.